This is a Founding Media podcast. Welcome to Growth and Scale Insiders. I'm your host, Dan Dillard. On this series, experts from Bridgepoint Consulting will be joined by current C-suite level leaders to discuss strategy, trends, financial development, processes, and more. On today's episode, we are jumping into the world of finance transformation and how organizations can create roadmaps to success. Joining me is Michael Johnson and Manuel Azuara, both of whom are managing principals at Bridgepoint Consulting. Michael, Manuel, and I dig into how Bridgepoint Consulting is expanding their own footprint nationally and what exactly is finance transformation and how it affects growth and scale within an organization. Before we jump into this interesting topic of financial transformation, uh, would you both give us the benefit of learning more about your roles and maybe how you came to work together at Bridgepoint Consulting? Sure, yeah. So I, I spent my first ten, 10 years of my career here in Austin working for a large consulting firm, uh, relocated to Austin with them, from Austin to Los Angeles with them, spent 10 years out there. And in 2007, I missed Austin, wanted to get home. And so I found Bridgepoint Consulting through some of my personal research and came back in 2007 to start our technology consulting practice. And I've loved every minute of being back in Austin and watching the incredible growth that's happened here in the 13 years since I've returned. It's amazing growth it's for unbelievable. sure. unbelievable. <laughs> it's like three, four. So since you came back, what's it, the city going like three times over? Yeah, it, 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 it seems like it at least, yeah. <laughs> I know the skyline has for yeah, sure. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> yeah, it has gotten pretty ridiculous, right? I've been here since 91, so I've been here a long time. And you've seen those pictures where they're <clears> in <throat> 2007. Here's what the skyline looked. And oh, you look at it now. It's like three times as oh, yeah. big. And, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's nuts. But, uh, you know, finance and accounting background mm-hmm. and uh, entrepreneur at heart. Okay. And uh, got to know Bridgepoint through one of my second personal clients uh, ever. And uh, from there, just – Kept in touch and joined and built a practice and joined Michael and team and boy, the rest is history. Got it. So y'all have been working together for a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a decade for us together. The company's been around for 20 years. So it, it was founded in 1999 on the simple principle that there was a lot of, lot, lot of small companies here that were growing that needed financial assistance. And mm-hmm. so we started working in the, uh, with the startup companies in Austin, all the venture-backed companies as they were growing. Um, you know, launching in 1999 was a great time. It, it wasn't really good after that, but <laughs> but we yeah. weathered the storm by continuing to focus on our clients and their needs. And now we've had a, built a 20-year history of success. I imagine the challenges like 2001 were pretty rough. And then again in 2007, 2008. Yeah, we've been through a few downturns and, <laughs> and, uh, and survived them and worked with our clients through them. Yeah. Yes, everyone laughs. I joined in February of 2009, yeah. which is like Nuclear winter uh-huh. for uh-huh. the business environment. So it's You're like, awesome. There's nothing to go where go but up, right? Yeah, that's right. Just go up. Hello, <laughs> buy low, sell high, right? So what's next for Bridgepoint? Man, next is national expansion, okay. right? And so with the uh, wind beneath our wings, if you will, from mm-hmm. Addison and, and Odyssey, mm-hmm. it's it's growing consulting practice all across the country. Michael? Yeah. And so when we uh, went through the transaction to uh, sell the company in 2017 to the Addison Group, a a large part of that was the ability to build a national brand and to build our national consulting practice. We couldn't do that on our own. We didn't have the capital or the capabilities. Um, But with Addison, we've now opened offices in Houston and Dallas, and we're announcing the opening of uh, other offices across the country. We actually have Bridgepoint Resources in Seattle, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Minnesota, uh, Austin, Houston, and Dallas now. So we're and Denver we're, and and Denver, yes, and Denver. Denver. Wow, 
talk about expansion, but that's what you guys do. You consult on that. So you're doing it yourself and you're also consulting on it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that physician <laughs> heal yourself component to our business. Yeah. So most businesses want to have enough success to deal with the problems of growth and scale. So part of that transformation in business in particular is that finance function. When I first heard the words uh, financial transformation or finance transformation, I got to admit that it, I was a bit stumped and I also have a finance background. And so I was like, what does that mean? It's a big word. Exactly. <laughs> And so I did research and was just trying to figure out what, is, what exactly does that mean so until I asked uh, Michael, uh, who was very able to succinctly put that all together. So, Michael, can you kind of replay that conversation for me? Yeah, sure, Dan. And, and it, you know, in its simplest form, it, and I'll, I'll use a, a, a fictional example based on a real-life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say a couple of guys get together and, and form a sign company. Mm-hmm. And so the three of them you know, start the sign company, and somebody walks in and wants a sign made. One of the guys is responsible for production, and so he goes and makes the sign, and somebody else is responsible for shipping, and they ship it. So very simple business. You're all sitting in the same office doing the same thing. Well, if that company continues to expand and add more people, and now you have multiple salespeople and multiple functions, um, it gets more complex. So you can't just say, hey, do we have that sign material in the back? You need to be able to go into a system to see if that's available before you sell it to the customer. Well, it gets even more complex, right, when you start scaling that company and you say, okay, well, let's go online. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to take orders online. Well, you don't want to sell an online order unless you have the materials to make it and you can ship it according to whatever your shipping guarantee is. Right. And, and everybody expects two days now. That seems to be set by Amazon Prime. So if you see a company that started by three people now grow to where you have 100 people, yeah. You can't all just talk to each other about what's going Makes on. Sense. You need a system to coordinate the activities between that organization, a system that automatically takes the orders on, on the web, but while it's taking them, checks to make sure you have it in stock, mm-hmm. um, then then communicates that order to the, to the floor so that it can actually be produced on the floor. When production's finished, it has to notify shipping that it's coming. Mm-hmm. And the shipping needs to notify billing that, to bill the customer. Uh, and you need to send an email out to the customer. So all of that automation is really finance transformation. Got it. If, if it's just the three of us, you know, you can take their credit card over the phone, process their credit card, right, send right, them an email right. that the order yeah. when the order is shipped, um, and that just doesn't scale. And I imagine because you hear this all the time, where companies grew too fast and then they failed. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's what you're talking about, what you're describing is they just weren't prepared for that growth and things, systems just broke down. Well, the systems break down and, and um, they may have revenue growth, mm-hmm. but there's not profitable growth, right? And so that's where the finance side of it, the, I talked about the technology. So maybe Manuel, you can talk a little bit about the finance side. Of well, it. I was just going to layer on onto this. And I think that's why Michael and I work so well together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's the process side to it too, right? Okay. So, so many times we were just in a meeting last week where, uh, this company was getting excited about the tool. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the tool is going to fix everything, right. Then, right? So people think finance transformation is just this tool. Yeah. It's this thing I can stick in mm-hmm. to play. fix everything. Right. But it's the processes that have to right. grow up with a business and take advantage of all of everything the tool has to offer, right? Mm-hmm. And so everything that Michael talked about also involves a change, a, a big change in processes. How I did it yesterday is not how I can do it tomorrow. I would imagine that because I've experienced this myself and I've seen it, but I imagine it's like when you're doing sales yourself as the CEO, you just kind of in your head, you got it, right? But you bring in salespeople and all of a sudden 
they need sales material and you need a bit of sales training. And you, so that is this process you're talking about? Sure, sure. Or, or they need you, know, you need to look at activity. Are, are they going to the right places? Are they meeting the right people on, from a sales environment, right? Mm-hmm. And how are we tracking all that? And oh, by the way, how do you measure? All right. So it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. It, all you remember are all the wins. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah it's all, we do great. It's like, oh, let's talk about the, you know, the 15 we lost. Exactly. So it's how, getting how, it out how, of your head. And how to improve on that, I'm sure. Sure. So at what point does leadership, particularly maybe the CFO, need to start thinking about company transformation? Is it like, is it in years or is it in assets or how, what does that look like? It's it's early, right? There's there's this question uh, that that any CEO should constantly ask, right? And and that is, what do we need to do to double in size, right? What do we need? What's holding us back from doubling in size? Mm-hmm. And funny, and this is a, you know, I'll, I'll poke our CEO friends a little bit because you know they want everything done yesterday and mm-hmm. everything's easy and it can take a minute. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really digging down to when you ask that question and you see some of the management team squirm and get really uncomfortable, it's digging down into the why. What, what is, what's holding us back? Why, what do we need to change, whether it's technology, processes, people, mm-hmm. which people don't like to talk about. Right. What do we need to change to double in size? Mm-hmm. And start working on that as soon as you can, Michael. Yeah, and and that's that's a, that's a great metric, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's when you start thinking about it, if if I have two salespeople and I hire two more, I should have twice the revenue, right? right? Well, if I if I do that and don't think about the impact on the warehouse environment mm-hmm. and my supply chain, now I have an issue yeah. because I haven't thought thought all the way through that. And, and I think for, for us, re, you know, serial entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that have been successful doing this mm-hmm. are our best customers because they've done it wrong before. They get it. They get it. And mm-hmm. they know we need to start investing early or at least think about it, put together a plan. We know we're going to need an automated system for warehouse management when we get to five million. Right. And which, oh, by the way, it's going to take a year to put it in mm-hmm. or whatever, six months of that, that timeline. Let's plan that. And, and they think ahead. They think strategically about the systems and processes that are going to need, going to need to be in place to help them achieve the, the growth that they want. And, and the surprise that comes out a lot of times is that these discussions aren't in a silo, right? So it's funny. I laugh at the word financial transformation a little bit because mm-hmm. it, it makes it seem like it's transformation only in the finance department. Right. When it's, it's organizational wide, right? right? So many times up the food chain, you were talking about sales. So many times there are processes up the food chain and people up the food chain that have no visibility onto the chaos they're creating on the back end. Right. Mm-hmm. So having that conversation on, on the table constantly, again, what is it, what do we need to do to double in size? Is just keeps everyone thinking about it, and it's not just limited to one group or one person. It's it's the whole organization. So most businesses have a financial roadmap, and it makes me think that they would want to plug in financial transformation as part of this process. Is that right? That's fair. I mean, when when we're having a conversation, and we'll get this call, hey, I, we need a new financial system. Well, we don't just say, oh, well, here's one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Plug and play. (laughs) Take it off the shelf. What we do is we go and we meet with the executive team and say, what are your business goals? What are you trying to accomplish? And it may very well be, and we see this quite a bit, 
we're going to triple in size in three years. We know that. And we're going to do it organically and through acquisition. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, we're going to enter four new countries. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different discussion because yeah. now we're talking not about the systems that need to be in place, but do you have the right people in right. place to, to make that happen? Uh, and so that whole roadmap is important to develop up front because you may need a new person that's a, a sales leader. You mm -hmm. may need a new person that really understands international supply chains yeah. to handle the supply chain demand. Uh, you know, a, a, a $30 million company requires substantially different resources uh, and capabilities to manage than a $300 million company. Right. There, there's a big difference and it's a huge jump. And we have clients that go through that in a three or four year period. Uh, and it puts strains on everything if you don't think about it up front. So many companies have this mentality of if I build it, they will come. And then later find out it doesn't quite work that way. So there needs to be plenty of thought that goes into the marketing and other types of planning. So my question in regards to consulting is at what stage in growth? Is it a $30 million company that should be talking to you guys? Or is it a $10 million company that should be asking for consulting help? Or is it just whenever you just feel that pain and say, I need some help? <laughs> it varies. I mean, I, I don't think you can put a, a straight size on it. Okay. It's, But if you know you're going through rapid growth and whether that's 10 million to 50 million or 30 million to 300 million. Got it. Right. You're going to feel that pain quickly. Right. And so thinking through what has to happen, even if you've never done it before, mm -hmm. goes back to asking that question. And, and you can ask that question of us. You can ask that question of your team. What is it that we're not thinking about? You know, kind of back to your roadmap point. And, mm -hmm. And not to get too formal with a roadmap, but just knowing, just asking, just writing it down somewhere mm -hmm. of what do we need to watch out for. Um, there's a lot of founders uh, and entrepreneurs in town that will get that through a mentor. Get it. Right? So what are those questions? Are, are talking to their peers, right, that have been through it. Mm -hmm. and, and Austin's one of those wonderful business ecosystems mm -hmm. where – uh, there's co-opetition, right? So right. even competitors and will talk to you about what's going on because they're all experiencing the same thing. Yeah. If you're if you've got a, a company that's trying to double in size, there's other companies here, and so there's just great networking events as well to to go go to 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 get that that information or just reach out to somebody you respect. We. Whenever we've done that and made an introduction from, you know, peer to peer, mm -hmm. the, the other side's always willing to meet and have coffee and, oh, yeah. and, and, and so that you get out of your day to day, hey, I've got to get all of this done. Right. Think about the future. Look through the windshield instead of the rearview mirror for some time, right? Perspective, need, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Different perspectives. It's one thing I love about Austin is, is that, that feeling of being able to grab coffee with pretty much anybody. And, and everybody's kind of been this, that same growth mindset, like we've got to get out there and, get to the next level and what is that? So the, that different perspective makes a lot of sense. I'm really curious, without mentioning any names, can you talk about stories that uh, have either been hurt because of they wait too long to transform and maybe we can just do the opposite in a second? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, definitely don't want to name names there, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've, we've had clients that, um, that just outgrow their ability to – execute. And mm -hmm. that sounds really simple. Yeah. And it's so difficult when you're not looking throughout the entire supply chain or you're not looking at processes from beginning to end and this reluctance to invest in back office technology mm -hmm. and back office process redesign yeah. uh, is fascinating to us, mm -hmm. right? And, and it, 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 
shows that that these and it doesn't matter what market you're in, right? But right. it just shows this mindset of well, we're going to go grab all the revenue we can grab, and and not put enough emphasis on our ability to execute and measure. There have just been some significant hiccups, and, and a lot of it is just in that underinvestment. That makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like in a lot of these conversations, you have this income and expense, and that's all they're looking for is income and expense. How can I make the most income and keep my expenses as low as possible? Right. And the missing link is investment. Investment. How do you invest back in your company, whether that's whatever it takes, it's, whether it's marketing, whether it's branding, what whatever missing holes are in the business plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really an investment, not an expense. And I think, you know, that mindset. Yeah, you, you have to treat it that way and, and ask yourself and the team, how are we going to get ROI on this investment, right? We can't scale uh, this company and every time we reach a new milestone, it requires us adding 10 people. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a good example. <clears throat> we had a, a an experienced CFO that called us and, and she said, you know, I, I can't give a reliable revenue numbers to the, the board. Um, we're growing 25% quarter over quarter. I mean, dramatic growth. Wow. Um, and they didn't have the automated systems in the back end to handle the growth. And there was no end to the scale. Um, so it, they, they, they weren't completely broken. Mm-hmm. You know, they were still taking care of their customers. Uh, so we put together a roadmap for them uh, and over a year period put together uh, in, in integration with their team. They had to cha- make some changes on the website and to make sure the, the orders were coming in correctly. We handled all the credit card processing components, all the backend components. They're now four times the size they wow. were when we were engaged with them and have had tremendous success in the market. But that CFO knew she needed help. Right. And she picked up the phone and she called us. Uh, and had us come in and help. And it's it's been a great success. But if she had ha- had not had the right leadership and, you know, from CEO down were involved in the discussions with us uh, that understood that this investment needed to be made, mm-hmm. it would have been a very different outcome for them. Right. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Everybody's got to be on the same mm-hmm. page. And, and, it, and it wasn't cheap, right? But it added huge value to the to the business and allowed them to, you know, what what is four times your business worth, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> it's that it's investment not, mindset, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, everybody having that investment mindset. That makes a lot of sense. So since you're both growth and scale insiders, if you are CFO or CEO of a company that's experiencing rapid growth, what is your number one piece of advice on how to manage that growth? I know we've talked about some ideas now, but just like what's the number one thing? Um, I, I think it's what I mentioned before, right? It's it's being open and honest about growth and being open and honest about if we want to scale this company, if we want to double, triple, quadruple in size, what's broken? Mm-hmm. Nothing runs perfectly, right. okay? And oh, by the way, this is all much easier said than done. Yeah. We get it. Everybody mm-hmm. has full day jobs. Mm-hmm. But boy, you have to take a minute to get with your team and say, we are going to scale. Right. We are going to grow. Mm-hmm. What's broken? What can we not keep doing manually? Mm-hmm. Because there's just no way we can keep up, right? And sometimes that's, you know, AP automation. Sometimes it's, you know, automated cash flow forecasting. Who knows what it is, but there's always pieces that break. Right. And you have to be open to that, eyes wide open, mm-hmm. knowing that the group and the department's probably never going to run perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so what is going to keep breaking? And then let's go address it. Let's go fix it with that investment mindset to know that us fixing this and addressing this today 
it's going to provide a ton of value in the future. Yeah, and I, I think that that's 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 good advice. I'll circle back on the you know the investment mindset. Treat your company like an investment. It, it needs to be have money put back into it in, in order for it to continue to scale and grow. Um, you know, when we look at companies that are successful, many of them are private equity backed, and and the thing that the private equity firms are bringing to them are not just the money, right? Mm -hmm. Because in this market, actually, money is relatively easy, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, as far as capital and things like that. It's that expertise to focus on the business and focus on those key metrics. Well, there's no reason that the company can't do that as well. Open yourself up, get some external advice, whether it be peers, uh, you know, uh, providers like Bridgepoint or, or other companies, to come in and look at your business as an investment and start having those conversations of, hey, we want to double. Does that mean we need to expand geographically? And if we do, well, what strains is, are that going to put on the business? And in my example, mm -hmm. um, you know, we had have a small sign company. Well, what happens if they op open an office in London, right? Mm -hmm. How does that change the whole dynamics of right. the organization? And things that used to happen over coffee now to be, need to have structured processes. But I think continuing to look at, at, at how you invest in, in the business and looking at it as, as, a, as an investment and getting broad advice about how to, how to grow. This makes me think about um, the word consulting. I think that I've heard cons the word consulting for years and years and years. And it means different things to different people. Uh, sometimes it's like web consulting. Sometimes it's, it's, it can be very uh, in, in silos, right? Sounds like what you guys do is very broad. You can come in and look at all the needs. So if I'm a business coming to you and just saying, hey, I need help, what can I expect? A lot of questions. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, I need help. Boy, that just opens up a, a million questions. Right. And so, look, I think at, at heart, uh, those of us at Bridgepoint, we're all business nerds. Right. I mean, really, it was a bowls down to. So yeah. we could talk shop. All day, every day. And so when you ask that wide open question, it's going to invite us an opportunity to ask you a 50 questions <laughs> okay. to that one, right? Okay. And, and it's just because we're interested. Right. I mean, we're really interested. And so, and it may, it may not end up with anything other than, you know, some advice or someone we can introduce you to. And, and boy, that's, that makes us happy. That'd be right. fantastic. Right. And I, I think for us, when, when we're having those initial conversations, we're trying to understand what the business objectives are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and our focus is as a management consultant, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're working with the management team on how they accomplish their objectives. And so it's a very different conversation when you're talking to someone about how, how they grow the business. I think one of the most valuable things we bring is a portfolio of customers where we've done similar things. Right. Right. And we've seen it done right mm -hmm. and we've seen it done wrong. Well, if you want to do it right more than wrong, mm -hmm. we can probably tell you those examples where it was done correctly and the patterns that we see that successful companies follow. And, and we've talked about some of those, but it, Manuel's absolutely right. Uh, we've had meetings and the clients are, will tell us, hey, come in and, and tell us all about Bridgepoint. And we'll mm -hmm. bring a big deck, set it on the table and just have a business conversation the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe give them the deck, maybe not. But it, that to us is more. I don't even bring the deck. Yeah, <laughs> NATO doesn't even bring the deck. Well, it makes so much sense uh, now listening to you guys chat about this because now now I think about my background in financial planning, where it was like you brought in clients and you wanted to understand the overall picture before you ever give any advice. You had to understand where they're at, what the assets, all sure. that kind of stuff. So you guys are doing a diagnostic on the overall health of the company before you can give any advice. So it's very hard to bring a deck and throw it on the, because I could easily bring it, you know, here's a 
here's all these books that we've got oh, yeah. <laughs> like all our information from. But, <laughs> but it's like this knowledge transfer yeah. to – And how worthless is that deck if it doesn't touch any of the issues that the company is is exactly. feeling right now, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's worthless. Yeah. 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 yeah, we've literally got to the end of the meeting and – and there, it's been a great meeting, and, and, and a, the CEO will turn to us and say, so can you tell us something about your company? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go through the elevator pitch, and then we'll go, okay. That. <laughs> but we qualify ourselves through interest in the business, right? right? And, mm-hmm. and that's the, most, the, the best way for us to engage is to actually you know, have a consultative process with the customer up front so they get a feel for what it's like to work with us. Because okay. this is a very personal service, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and you're talking about people's livelihoods and their mm-hmm. business. There's nothing more sacred to them, right? And, and uh, so we really try to, to have that personal touch. Well, and the reality is not, not everybody we talk to is a fit for us, right? right? They're just not. Right. And so going in with that mindset of, look, we're going to be helpful however we can mm-hmm. – even if the answer is, hey, you're probably not a fit for Bridgepoint, but you might be a fit for you know somebody else or somebody else, or mm-hmm. you need to do this step first, whatever it is. It's that back to that kind of uh, infinitely curious mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Make, that help, does all the difference in the world for sure. Just being able to understand the big picture and then kind of prescribing whatever that solution might be. Yeah. So. Well, I want to thank you both. I really learned a lot, and I know the audience also was able to garner some wisdom off of this conversation. So we look forward to diving into much more topics around finance transformation in our next episode. Thanks very much for sharing your time. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Dan. Thank you again, Michael Emanuel. I loved hearing about how making connections and really listening to the client needs has to come first. From there, a plan can be made, and with proper plans can come successful growth. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe and maybe share it with a friend or coworker. Growth and Scale Insiders is created in partnership between Bridgepoint Consulting and Founding Media. To learn more about Bridgepoint, please visit the links in our show notes.